You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. And this, particularly if you don't know what the gospel is, you don't know what Matthew is, it's a guy that witnessed something 2,000 years ago. It could not be explained. It was incredible what this guy was teaching Jesus. Uh, it's so incredible that whether you believe in him or not, our society is based around him. Our calendar is based around him. Our biggest holidays are based around him. People that have opened universities and hospitals are based, their faith was originally based on him. And so Western society circles around this guy, his crazy, wise teaching. And so whether you believe in him or not, or you're exploring it, it's worth checking out and seeing, hang on, Something happened 2,000 years ago. What are these guys writing about? And that's what we've been going through, this witnessed account of this man that we believe as a church was God. And I don't know another way to explain who he was other than he was God. Because we just celebrated that he died and rose again and witnessed as well. And so we're skipping a few pictures, a few passages today Um, Because I want to talk about the season we're in, a season called Lent. It began on Wednesday. If you instantly turned off and said, that sounds like a Catholic thing, it predates Catholicism. In fact, when the big Reformation happened, they took, like a divorce, we took some, they took some stuff, and they got some pretty cool things like Lent. So I want it back. I've asked them, I said, we want Lent back. That's that's a good tradition. So we'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. Uh, but let me read. If you've got your Bibles or your app or your notepad, please open them up now. I'd love to take notes. Love you for you to take notes. Matthew 6, 16 to 18. Let me read. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. We're going to speak this morning. Anyone want to guess? Fasting. Fasting. Well done, Anne. Sticker for you. Ten points. Fasting. It's, it's, not, it's one of the most unspoken spiritual disciplines. In fact, my guess is, um, if you were to, if you were to kind of, if you brought someone new today, you might even be going, why is, he, "Why is he talking about fasting? We don't talk about fasting. That's a bit weird. Oh no, they're going to think we're a cult. This is oh man, I shouldn't have brought. Should have brought it next week. When's Neil next on? That's what you might be thinking. But just hold with me. Get excited for Neil next, Neil. But get, hold with me for fasting because it's something that Jesus did. The disciples did, and it's something worth looking at as Christians in 2018. And so if Jesus is taking the time to stand on the side of a mountain at this point and speak to his disciples, the people that are curious about him, his critics, then it's important. Then it's important to us as disciples or apprentices to Jesus. But I think there's three reasons we don't talk about it. There might be more, but let me highlight three that we generally don't speak about fasting. We don't know about it, number one. We don't want to know about it. It's a little strange. 
and 3, doesn't Jesus just say in that passage not to really talk about it? I don't think we want to know about it because it's strange. As I covered, it's a bit... Church history has a habit of messing up fasting really badly. And again, with the Reformation, Catholicism took fasting and we kind of steered clear of it because of some of the practices that were religious and hypocritical. So I understand why we may find it so strange. And it's also countercultural, right? Have a listen to these slogans. I'll actually, I'll give you a bit of a definition first so you know what I'm talking about. According to the dictionary, fasting is abstaining from all or some kinds of food or drink, especially as a religious observance. Abstain from all or some kinds of food or drink, especially as a religious observance. Picture this. Who has heard these slogans used ever? Do you want less this summer? Want less for your money? Want less value than the restaurant down the road? Want to get less stuff in your lifetime? Want to be less comfortable? Imagine a car ad and the slogan, the the pretty girl gets out of the car and says, you want to miss out? You want something really expensive, less for your money? Imagine that. The idea of doing what what feels good is basically the slogan for 2018. Australia, Western civilization. If it's pleasurable or comfortable, go do it. We can't fathom the idea of not doing something we want to do. It's almost this generation's sin. (laughs) Like they think it's a sin. Oh, you would actually abstain from something? I don't even reckon they have a reaction. It just doesn't make sense. And so for Christians, it's easier just to read over passages like this and go, it's cultural. (laughs) But as followers of Jesus, we want to know him. We want to be like him and we want to do the things he did, right? So I think it's a little more important than that. So I'll be honest, I'm not going to cover fasting all this morning. We have limited time and I'm only exploring it. But I want to be the type of church that explores the things Jesus did. And so this is a bit of an intro and then we'll probably do a series later on. So as a church, we get to explore fasting together. If you're in a small group, perfect. Chat about it. Talk about it. What is it? How's it work? What's people's experience with fasting and prayer? And the the last reason I don't think we talk about it is that bragging issue. We don't want to brag about it. We don't want to be a hypocrite, so we don't want to talk about it. It's a good reason. We have to understand there's a difference between bragging about something and educating and making disciples. The same sentence Jesus says, don't let anyone know you're fasting. He tells possibly 500 people. So he's okay talking about it. He's okay passing the discipline on. Just don't be a hypocrite about it. Don't make a big deal. Don't be a show-off. We need to pass these things on to each generation. It's important. They won't accidentally learn it if we do not talk about it. And so what is fasting? I've got the question up here. What is fasting? From 
a Christian perspective. Well, here's a couple of points. There's two reasons that people back then would fast. Two reasons in the Bible that someone would fast. Number one, we're now getting ready for their atonement sacrifice. There's a couple of religious words for you. What I mean is, as they would come and sacrifice a lamb or something to bring about righteousness for their sins, they would fast. They would go without eating for a season to purify themselves and clean their body. The second reason they would fast is they would be responding to a significant event. So it was a response to something. Fasting has always been a response to something that is going on. These events in the Bible are repentance. They've sinned. They want to turn their life around. And literally the word uh, repentance, turning around. And so they would fast and spend some time to draw closer to Jesus. The other one is drawing closer to God. Maybe he feels quiet. Maybe they feel distant from God. A desert season, if you will, and then they would fast. Abstain from food for a season or periodically and draw closer to God. The other one that doesn't get spoken about, again, is actually bringing our heart closer to God. The early Christians would fast from food, give the food they didn't eat to the poor. Or, or make money off of it and give them money to the poor. Transforming them. Maybe you're feeling a bit cranky, a bit non-caring, a bit non-compassionate. I'm guilty of this. Ask Mez, I'm guilty of this. Maybe you're going through a season of being a bit just not, yeah, compassionate. And so that fast to align their hearts with God's heart. And lastly, death or grieving. As a response, um, people would fast for respect for that person, but also to draw closer to God and be comforted in a really dark season. And so it was reasons that they fasted were a response for a significant season or an event. And so why fast though? Why fast? To pursue God. That's, that's the answer. That's the answer. <laughs> so I've just got pursue God. In ancient culture, what you have to understand, the whole day would take to prepare food. So they'd start in the morning, collect stuff, start cooking, getting ready. And so fasting not only brought about hunger, but gave them more time to pray, give to the poor, and listen and read and draw closer to God. So it was about pursuing God. The second thing, and we're really bad at this in the West. I'm generalizing us, but we're really bad. Food is spiritual. Easterners know this. Westerners love to categorize things. So church, building, spiritual. Um, church pews, spiritual. What we put in our body and what we watch, ah, that's just human stuff. You ask a Jewish man or a rabbi or anyone from that would know more about Eastern religion and it's all spiritual. What you feed your mind, what you feed your body has a profound spiritual... In fact, God says this. I don't have to make this up. God says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
Somewhat saying it's more important what you put in here than what you put in the church building. That's not the temple. This is the temple. It is incredibly spiritual. And so this isn't a message before you... Th- I'm not getting about healthy eating. That isn't the message this morning. It's actually deeper than that. Good for you if you're eating healthy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking that. It's just not the message. It's not where we're going. Your body, what you watch, what you do with it, how you use it has a spiritual side. And so to starve it also goes deep. I was reading and listening to some podcasts, obviously, and about fasting. Who would have thought this week? And I haven't ever thought about this, but the original sin found in Genesis. It was about Adam being tempted to have the knowledge of God by Satan. That was what the heart of it is. But, and Anne might get this again and get more points or a sticker, but who can tell me what Satan used as the medium to bring about that sin? Food. He used food. Right there at the beginning, it says food is this vehicle. Food wasn't the evil thing, but food was the vehicle for that sin to take place. Fascinating. I'd never thought about that, but smack bang, start of the Bible, food. The process of controlling the flesh, putting a hold on it, and allowing time and space to live in the spirit. Jesus fasted just before he took on Satan in the desert. He didn't do it because he wanted to be weaker or hungry. He did it because he knew it would draw him closer to God and he'd be at his best. How's that? You don't deliberately make yourself weak before you take on Satan. He knew he'd be closest to Jesus before he did that and so he fasted. Galatians 5, 6, which I conveniently didn't copy. Oh, here it is. Galatians 5, 6, 16. Let me read this. This is Paul's letter to a church. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. Paul talking about spirit and flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. He then lists, if you give in to the flesh, if you're about 2018 if it feels good, do it. These are the things that breeds. Let me list, he lists them. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, strife, jealousy, fits of anger because you're not getting what you want. Rivalries, dissensions, divisions because someone doesn't agree with you. You're not, your flesh is coming out envy and things like these. Then he says, if you walk in the flesh as a church, or as a human, these are some of the things. And you'll hear this nearly at every wedding. <laughs> Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. There's a way to walk in the spirit that produces that type of fruit. And so we're going to get practical in a moment. As I said, it's just an intro this morning, but I just want to quickly talk about dangerous ideas about fasting. Just sort of cross some ideas off the list that aren't in the Bible. Dangerous ideas about fasting. Doesn't make you a better Christian. This verse is about humility. So it's not a prideful thing. Jesus already died for us. It's finished. He loves us. He doesn't look down and go, that guy's hungry. I love him more. Not at all. 
It's for us to focus on Jesus more. He loves us. He sees Jesus. We're okay. It's not a commandment. It's a practice Jesus did. Secondly, it's not a healthy eating plan. It's not a detox or way to lose a few extra pounds. If you are stereotyping here, if you are an adolescent female in the room and you, that little thought comes into your head, deal with that first before you fast. It doesn't have to be just adolescent females. It's going to be everyone, but it's not a healthy eating plan. Don't fast because you think that's not the idea. It's very unhealthy, actually, and it's more dangerous than good. So not a detox. It's not about just a few extra kilos. It's tempting. I get it, but it's not about that. And this is probably the most important and the thing you hear the most about fasting. It's not like a kid in a shopping centre who's just asked mum for a Kit Kat and she says no and he goes, oh, we all seem to have a tanty. It is not a tantrum. Hear me, church. This is probably the most biggest danger in any of these spiritual practices. God doesn't hear you more because you're hungry. He hears you because he's God. It's not about getting something. I want a partner. I'm single, so I'll fast. I want more money, so I'll fast. The Western church needs to stop. And you'll hear me, the passion come out of you because it just drives me crazy. Churches, we need to stop treating God like he's some sort of butler or genie. He's our king. And we want to draw close to him in the kingdom of God, right? We don't fast so he'll hopefully give us something back. He's already given his son. He's already made a way back to our purpose. He's already blessed us if we're born in, the, in Western, in Australia, that we can have a church without danger of our, danger, dangering our lives. We're incredibly blessed. Don't fast to get something. He's not going to grant your wishes <laughs> if you rub the lamp the right way. He's your God. And we want to be close to him. We already got all we need in Jesus and his Holy Spirit. But the world is noisy and full of distractions. The world is so consumer focused. The world is so driven by getting things and everything we want. Mobile phones ring, emails popping up, work to be done. People that are unwell and on our mind. Totally fine. These are okay things, but they're still in our mind. Apparently, our media tells us we're meant to care that the princess's kid goes to school. Like, apparently, that's meant to take up mental energy. Not knocking if you care about that, that's all right. But apparently, that's meant to take energy up. Apparently, you're meant to know which, every detail, every celebrity marriage. Apparently, that's important as well. Such a distracting world. Do we agree with this? So distracting. It even gets deeper than that. We're essentially feel like some sort of combination between a church replant and a church plant here, especially this service. And so the temptation in this service is to say, we need a ministry for every single thing. Say you're a single person and you're 43. I need a ministry for 43-year-olds that are single. Pastor Steve. Or we need um, a ministry for people that... I have a club foot. We need ministry for people that have a club foot. We need to start that, Pastor Steve, because we were new. This is exciting. And so you can get really busy. You can get really distracting. You can quickly do as much as you can. Kind of like Peter, if you, ever, if you heard the, uh, the passage in the story about when they see Jesus in all his glory. 
Peter gets so excited, he starts trying to set up a monument to it. And God actually speaks and says, hold on, just settle down. Just take it in for a moment. Church, as a, as a brand new sort of expression, wouldn't it be awesome if we took a moment, we stopped, considered fasting, considered abstaining from something. I get there's different diets and I get not everyone can set up a rhythm of fasting. Maybe sacrificing social media. Me and Mez are going to try to skip a meal. This is what we're not doing. This out of break. This is just one of the things. Maybe a couple of days a week through the Lent season. The Lent season being 46 days, not counting weekends. So it's 40 days till the cross. I've got some Lent readings just out there for every single day if you want to do that together as a church. For us, the other one, I'll tell you, other guilty pleasure, we're going to stop watching um, Married at First Sight because it's addictive. So judge me, and and I won't judge you if you tell me I'm guilty. We've got to stop watching that trash. So we said to each other, we're going to stop watching that. We actually spend some time praying. Man, it's addictive. That Davina, who's laughing because you know what I'm talking about. But... Yeah, it's addictive. So we actually said yesterday, I'm not bragging, I'm not proud of this. I said, man, we're going to stop doing this. No, she said to me, <laughs> I shouldn't even admit that. She said to me, we're going to stop watching that. So we're going to stop watching that. And we're going to spend some time praying in this season as we approach the cross, right, church? How amazing if this small yet humble, incredible core of a community in this next season said, we're going to be about Jesus. We want to do the things he did. We want to be with Jesus and, and we want to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. And so we're going to spend some time concentrating on him as we approach Easter. That can be fasting. That can be in your small group or your collection of friends speaking about giving up a meal. If that's not for you, that's okay. It can be giving up something else. But 8.30, I'm speaking to 8.30 church here. Let's consider this. Let's consider spending this next season together because imagine we get to Easter. He's cut some things away. I've got the wares well. I've done a bit of clever photoshopping. It's actually pretty shocking photoshopping, but if you want to go through, cut the distraction and start to blur it. I'll take a couple of slides, Miriam. Thank you. Next one. Grows strangely dim. And then the next slide, we start to see, not Wally, the next slide, sorry, Jesus. What a powerful community. What a place and and group of people that God could say, I can use that. 46 days till Easter. Have a chat about it in your groups. Have a chat about it with your peers. Work out what you want to do. Do you want to fast? Do you want to give up something? At least have a look at the readings. Spend some time in prayer. And let's focus on Jesus. Let's take this journey together. What the, probably the most important thing we can do as a new time slot and a new relative new congregation. I'm going to pray. I don't think we'll do the final song, guys. Got a bit passionate, added some stuff. Thank you, Jeremy and the team, though, for doing that. And let's pray, and then we're going to finish up. Now, oh, I'll talk about after that. <laughs> Father God, thank you that you taught us practices lord some ancient and forgotten some that feel a little weird and strange 
But you taught him for a reason, God. Father, I just pray you stir in this congregation right now, in me, about maybe something over the next season we can give up, not to brag about, not to feel pride about, Lord, but to conquer our flesh, to walk in your spirit, to head towards you, Lord, to get rid of the distraction, Father, to make our everything else grow dim. And that in this season, Burley Church can be headed towards Jesus. Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know you, is curious about you or has kind of lost who you are, I pray this season can be, uh, can, I guess, meet their curiosity, Lord, that they can find you in this Lent season that they can see who you truly are. And Lord, I pray what's left at Easter, the community that's there, Lord, I pray that you use in mighty ways as we're a community that looks more like you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. 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 Amen.